0: Greater than I'm back to recap another episode of The Real Housewives of Potomac, are you a fan of the show? Well you are in luck because I am recapping each and every episode of Season 6. But if you haven't started watching the 5th episode yet, click off because this is the recap, and it is full of spoilers. Greater than. Greater than now that I have gotten that out of the way, let's get to the recap of Episode 5. Ready? Let's get started. Episode 5, The Rumor Mill. When the episode begins we see Ashley and Michael coming home from the hospital with their two-day-old newborn son named Dylan. Ashley says she was worried about bringing another baby home but once her baby was born all her apprehension melted away. We next see a happy Dean sitting with his baby brother. I'm kinda annoyed that Michael wasn't supporting the baby's head so it was flopping about, but they all look happy enough. Dean has a big grin on his face. He kisses the baby, aw that was so sweet. Switch Mia and her husband G take her kids on a picnic at the park. They all settle down with the younger kids playing with bubbles. Mia and her hubby pour them some wine and Mia mentions her husband telling her she works too much and then she asks her older son if she works too much. He agrees with the husband and says yes she works too much sometimes. She asks him if he knows why she works so hard and he says, so we can live in a good house. Sigh. She tells him that it is not just about the house. She says she works hard so they do not have to long for the things she didn't have growing up, but Mia, you didn't have a mother growing up. Wouldn't it be a shame if that is how your children end up feeling? I'm not being trying to be judgmental. I'm one of those mothers who worked like the new slave on the plantation to give my children an existence only to be reminded that there were times I wasn't there. It's a delicate balance. I think when there are two parents it should be easier for mothers to not have to work so much if they choose to. It's difficult because women still have career goals, but it's something has to suffer you would rather it be your career than your children, right? Some mothers do not have a choice whether they will work or not. It's either they work or their children starve. But even if Mia has options, it is still understandable why she feels the need to be a hard worker and achieve so many material things for her family. But Mia does realize her children need her. She tells her children that although her mother did the best she could, but she had a hard time being a mother to her. I kinda can relate to Mia, except I had a grandmother who tried to be there for me, not a mother who came and went, so I didn't go into the foster care system, but still have a lot of mommy issues. But the difference is, my mother stayed in my life when she was on and off drugs, and I don't remember a day as an adult my mother didn't get drunk every day, she just couldn't be a sober parent. I forgive, but it still haunts me in my relationships, it's hard to be a good mother when you haven't a clue what that is, you just do your best, but feel really bad when you mess up because you don't have a strong example. I get it. Mia says her mother doesn't have the mothering instinct and she is confused why. Mia, maybe her drug use interrupted that bond, she mentions she invited her mother but despite being only 20 minutes away she couldn't make it. Mia doesn't understand why her mother is distant. Mia says her mom says she is that way because she feels Mia really doesn't need her help. Her husband G says that maybe it is because the mother sees a lot of Mia's dad in her, and that may be why she is distant. Mia's mother apparently still has carrying a touch for her dad, declaring he is the only man she ever loved and Here it is thirty-six years later o m g really Mia says she never had lunch with her mom, so she invited her out, and she hopes this will be their opportunity to get to know each other. Mia says she doesn't understand her mother's thought process; she is nothing like her mother. G. tells her she should just be open to seeing where it goes, and I think that is great advice. Mia has a lot of emotion in her eyes, you can tell it's real. Sigh. Switch. Candy Ace is packing her suitcases for the girls' trip she planned with the other ladies and her husband Chris brings her a hot cup of I think, coffee. She is hosting a trip in Williamsburg, Virginia she says it is a great place for all the women to enjoy one another and maybe fuss, because that is what they do. Lol. Chris reminds her when she comes back she has two music videos she is shooting. Candy Ace is grateful she had Chris for her husbandger so she doesn't have to remember those types of things when she is trying to have a social life as well as go to school but it's hard because he stays in manager mode. Chris asks if Candy Ace invited Ashley, she uses the excuse that Ashley just had a baby and she doesn't know if she is leaving the house. Chris says that Candy Ace should call and check on her, Candy Ace isn't feeling that idea by the look on her face, ha. Huh? Candy Ace tells him so sweetly, Oh, you are so nice. Switch. Dylan is now a week old, and Giselle has come over to visit bringing a six pack of coronas as a gift, (laughs) he he. Giselle coos over the baby, because Ian, let's face it, he is adorable. Giselle says her oldest daughter Grace was 18 months when she brought home her twin daughters, could you imagine dealing with that? What a shock for everybody. Giselle says Grace was sad about the twins for two weeks but is mad to this day about their sudden appearance in her life, Lowell, Dean walks in accompanied by the nanny, and is happy to see his little brother of course. Giselle fills Ashley in on Candyace's pajama party. In the middle of her gossip, little Dylan has an explosive bowel movement, you know the kind breastfeed babies have, Lowell, Ashley's eyes get larger when she realizes she has poo on her hand from holding the baby. Giselle is like, oh my god, I need to go she calls for help from the nanny. Ha! When the nanny brings the baby back and hands him to Ashley freshly cleaned and swaddled, Giselle and Ashley exchange stories of pooping while in labor with their babies. Gross! In her confessional a producer asks Giselle if that was why she and Jamal divorced, because he witnessed her poop during delivery and it freaked him out. Giselle laughs hysterically and says, he couldn't handle it. The man didn't want to be with me anymore. Giselle asks Ashley if she has been invited on Candy Ace's girls' trip, Ashley is like, what trip? Lol. In her confessional, a producer asks Candy Ace, who is rocking a fabulous turquoise head wrap, why didn't she invite Ashley on the trip? Candy Ace is like, girl, I forgot to invite Ashley. It just slipped my mind. My head wrap was too tight and I forgot, Lol. Giselle, being messy, invited Ashley on Candy Ace's trip, Lol. Ashley is like, when is it? Giselle says, next week. They both laugh. Now how the heck is a new mom with another toddler, a husband, and hella short notice going to manage to get ready for a trip in a week? Giselle suggests she'd just come maybe for a day. Giselle then turns the gossip to Mia. She does an impression of Mia apologizing to her at the pajama party. She tells Ashley that she and Robin plan to meet with Mia, and Ashley asks her what Giselle hopes to get out of that future meetup. Giselle says she plans to get to know Mia and use her stripper background as an example to her daughter of what they should not do. Well, Giselle didn't you accept Mia's apology? Why are you planning to be mean? Ashley laughs. Well damn Ashley, why enable the mean girl antics, and you are holding a precious bundle of joy. Giselle then says that Wendy arrived at the event literally wearing nothing, but Giselle what did it matter? If there had have been men there, it would have been inappropriate for a married woman but it was a girl's night out. Wendy was cutting loose and letting it all hang out. Duh, that's what women in committed relationships do. They can't wear sexy stuff for men other than their significant others, so they dress up for their girls to tell them they still got it. But, you a hater so you don't want to compliment your friends and help them feel good about themselves. You rather make them feel bad for making you feel uncomfortable for being around another woman who is outshining you with her self-confidence. Giselle seems jealous that Wendy is feeling herself instead of proud that she is getting the confidence boost every woman needs sometimes. Wendy looks good and she acts like it and Giselle is ticked off about it. Giselle refers to her as the new Wendy as if getting surgery changed the fact that Wendy is the most educated and accomplished of the bunch and now her looks rival all of them and some are clearly bothered by it. Ha. Huh? Ashley says she noticed the change in Wendy. Shh. Why the hell are you agreeing with this Ashley? We've seen the outfits you have chosen to wear, why are you joining in on this topic of conversation? Sigh. Shut up Ashley. We don't say nothing when your boobs are popping out of your dress while you are full of child, so pipe down and just listen instead of playing yourself by looking like a follower, okay? Wendy looks damn good, just like you will look when you snap back. If you don't go around in a turtleneck and skirt to your ankles, why should Wendy? Shut up both of you. Now Giselle says Wendy's husband Eddie has a girlfriend, according to the blogs, Giselle says that Wendy is aware of the rumors and is overcompensating by getting surgery. Giselle tells us in her confessional she doesn't like to discuss the rumors brought by social media, that's laughable that she said that with a straight face. She did it to Karen, Monique, who else, leave the people's names it in the comments. She is the queen of spreading gossip from social media, but hates it that is done to her, it's so hypocritical, yet so Giselle. Ashley says Wendy seems too self-assured to change her body just because of cheating rumors, I agree. But Giselle wants to paint this picture of Wendy for some reason. For some reason Giselle feels she needs to bring up to Wendy the change in personality, and Ashley thinks this is a good idea. Switch. Wendy is at home doing her duties as a professor from her home office. She is recording a lecture for a course while her children play nearby yet another one of the downfalls of being a working parent during the pandemic. She has to start recording again because of the noise. She is interrupted be her kids several times. Sigh, we have all been there. I tried to work from home, and make sure my son logged in for classes when the pandemic was first I full swing, I ended up having to quit my job. Working from home and being a mom didn't fit my lifestyle, unfortunately, and believe me my fortunes have suffered because of it. Poor Wendy. When she is done she come out of her home office to tell her husband and kids she could hear them having fun while she was in her office working. She sends the kids downstairs so she can talk to Eddie. She tells him she is exhausted and he comes behind her and rubs her shoulders and tells her, well you look good. Wendy says she always has to struggle with what she should wear as a professor. Wendy says she might be a professor but she listens to trap music. She says she doesn't fit into the box the world tries to keep her in. She uses her candle business as an example of people not wanting her to move on from being a professor to a entrepreneur. Same here Wendy. I am a highly educated woman with a couple of degrees. People think I am insane for wanting to write a blog. But you got to live your life for you Wendy. Eddie says the thing is, she is not letting anything go off her plate, meaning she wants to still be a professor, commentator and now also a businesswoman. He says she has always done a lot but now is the time for her to stop doing so much. Eddie makes a great point, if you are tired you can't give your family 100% of you, Wendy. Wendy becomes annoyed and announces she wants a cookie and walks to the kitchen. When she gets her cookie he asks her if she is happy. She doesn't answer him, she asks him the same question, are you happy, are you fulfilled? He says, no. Whoa. Wendy feels he can be hard on her at times. Eddie questions her about the candle business and she asks, So you have to like register the name? When he asks her if she even knows if the name she chose for her business is available. Really Wendy? Wendy gets defensive when he points out how unprepared she is for the business she has chosen. He tells her she needs to think about how to finance her business so she is not paying out of her pocket all of the time. She tells him she will be paying out of his pocket. Wow! Will he tell her his pockets are closed? Wendy admits she bit off more than she could chew but is not willing to give up on the business idea because it is her dream to be a businesswoman. Good for you Wendy, just get prepared, phew. Switch. Giselle arrives at the bar prepared to meet Mia and Robin for drinks. Candy Aces Girls Trip. Robin arrives and tells us her bodysuit is in her crotch but she is good, we don't care about your crotch Robin, oh. They order drinks and appetizers and wait for Mia to arrive. She comes in happy to see them and apologizing for being late. She comes in a beautiful silver dress, but Robin shades her in the confessional by wondering if this is one of the gowns she used to wear when she met her husband as a stripper. Shut up, Robin. At least she has a husband, dear. Mia, Giselle and Robin all agree this meeting is their clean slate and they all order salads and set to getting to know each other better, but it is Mia who is the one sharing about her life. And Giselle is asking her all about her life story. Mia discloses she was in the foster care system and the difficulties she had as a child. She even told them about the physical scars she has from being thrown into a television by her dad when she was a kid and being removed when her friend noticed her injuries at school. When I was a girl I was brave enough to tell an adult about my friend when I saw what her mother did to her. She begged me not to tell, but during the course of the day she was in so much pain, I just had to tell a teacher. People really have been through things as children, Mia included. I'm sorry that happened to you. She tells them about her mother being off drugs for 10 years but them still not having a relationship. Mia, why are you sharing this with them? But Robin does share that her fiancé Juan's parents passed away from AIDS from heroin use. This was nice, because here Mia was telling all her personal business with nobody else sharing anything. Mia says that her dad passed away from AIDS from heroin use as well. So did you catch the show? I can't wait to see the drama next week. How about you? Leave a comment and subscribe for more recaps. Bye for now. Giselle congratulates Mia for being able to sit there and be the woman she is today because she has been through so much. Giselle says she and Robin love this Mia and not the Mia that they see with the other girls, but so far they seem to be off to a good start. We will see. Switch. Karen is talking to her cousin David on video call, telling him she is excited to be going on Candy Ace's girls' trip. Karen is also ambassador to her hometown Surrey, so she is planning to be sworn at by leaving the trip briefly and coming back. Switch. Giselle is with her three girls, Grace, Angel, and Adore, packing for the trip. When she is asked if she wanted to go on the trip, she tells her girls she is going to have a swimming water aerobics class with the girls in Williamsburg. Grace cracks up, and the twins sat in unison, but you don't know how to swim. Giselle tells them she can swim. Switch. Robin needs to get orders out for her business and has recruited the unwilling help of her son Corey, who after doing a few orders is over it like any other teenage boy, lol. Switch. Wendy is trying to get her three kids to help her pack, lol. Her youngest is dragging one of her suitcases to the door, she is the same age as little Dean. Cute. Switch. Chris helps Candy Ace pull her 50 million boxes and suitcases to the porch to await the arrival of a chartered bus for the trip. She hops in and it's one of those party bus situations with a stripper pole and bright light inside, this looks like the girls are really going to have a girls trip. She gets the Lysol and gets to wiping down the pole with disinfectant. Now some may say Candy Ace may be being a little dramatic, but we are in the middle of a pandemic, you can never be too careful, for real, for real, you dig? Leave a comment, would you have disinfected a stripper pole before you decided to slide up and down it? I'm just asking. Giselle gets out of a black SUV and boards the bus. Candy Ace is already on the microphone located in the bus, clowning already. She welcomes her. Next comes Mia. She sees the bus and seems excited for the trip just as Giselle was. Wendy comes and the lady says she looks like a different person, but she looks nice. Correction Wendy looks fabulous. They got eyes but refuse to see, lol. Wendy has on an outfit only a woman with a snatched body can pull off and the women notice her and take it all in, yes Wendy ain't playing around with the girl's trip, she is the trip, lol. The bodysuit is everything. Robin comes looking like she is going to the supermarket, not the girl's trip. Really Robin? No wonder you be hatin'. Karen arrives and is warmly greeted by Mia. Giselle sits stone-faced. If looks could kill Karen would've burst into flames from the ice in Giselle's eyes, Karen tells us Giselle is in timeout, good one Karen. Ascali Robin's overbearing friend arrives lastly, why? I guess she is one of the girls now, we don't care but okay. The question is asked, who is missing? Ace says Ashley and she is not coming, but Giselle tells her she invited her, lol. Ace is like, huh? Wooook. Giselle says, just for one day. Candy Ace is annoyed but lets it go because Giselle assures them Ashley won't be spending the night. The ladies all take turn on the stripper pole. Giselle and Robin are purposely boring, but when Mia turns up, just like everybody else, they make comments about her knowing her way around the pole despite repeatedly saying she never worked the pole, and I was annoyed that Mia didn't catch the shade. It was funny that despite being dressed the sexiest, Wendy would starve if stripping were her profession, lol. Stick to professoring Wendy, is that a word? Lol. Switch. Mia asks Ace what they will be doing on this girl's trip. Ace tells them there is a main house but there are only four rooms the other rooms are in a cottage, I smell some BS brewing, do you? The main house will consist of Ace, Mia, Robin, and Giselle. The four women clap like they are among middle school friends, lol. I guess the cottage are for the stepchildren of the bunch, Wendy, Ascali, and Karen. They keep saying that Mia is with the cool people after Mia remarks that she made it to the main house. We don't care. It looks like the other two are just happy to be included, Karen knows she is just making up to Candy Ace, and Ascali is a tag along, but Wendy has a look on her face, she is visibly upset. Candy Ace banished her to the lesser house. Poor Wendy. Giselle brings up the meeting with Robin and Mia over drinks, it was a great night, and the slate is wiped clean between the three ladies. Candy Ace also mentions Karen will have jaunted off to her swearing in ceremony to become ambassador to Surrey County, Virginia. She says, because of the pandemic, attendance is limited and she is only inviting Mia and Wendy. In her confessional, Giselle mentions that last year, Karen and Wendy didn't get along and now they are the best of friends. It's called being grown women, Giselle. Maybe it would serve you well to let things go as well so you wouldn't act so mean. Next. The women arrive in Williamsburg and are met with a fabulous main house at the estate for the trip. They each get a glass of champagne as they exit the bus, and enter a grand home with a spectacular view. They go choose their rooms. One of which was once occupied by President Obama, wow! Candace did well picking the location, the house is absolutely spectacular. They all go downstairs to partake in a wonderful spread awaiting them. The food looks good and Giselle is the first to notice the grub and snatch up a plate and got to selecting, the fruit looked bright. OMG the food on a buffet table of fine linen, looked very tasty, I had to take a break and grab a snack from my dingy looking kitchen to eat in my bathrobe on my comforter that smells of gain, lol. The women already chose rooms, but Giselle whispers to Robin that she wished she was upstairs with her. So Robin kicked Mia out of the room and told her she was now going to take her room instead. What the hell? It was typical mean girl behavior, the things we are used to from Giselle and her sidekick Robin, but it was still triggering. I wish Wendy had not tried to be these women's friend, it's like she is being set up to be picked on, and these soulless trolls have all of her issues to use against her, like abandonment and ostracism, Wendy is being taken back in time to when females were childish, petty, and bullied you because they were unhappy. Sigh. But Mia took it in stride. Candace points out to Mia that she just got bullied, but she continues eating her food. She is unbothered and smacking away. That's it Mia, never let the mean girls see you sweat, she tells Robin, if you want the view you can have it, she says as long as she is in the main house. Sigh. This is some BS. Giselle has gotten her energy from Robin's relational aggressive move towards Wendy. She says she wants this trip to be nice and fun, we bet you do, Giselle. She asks if anyone would like to apologize to anybody else before the trip gets started. Nobody speaks but the newbie Ascali who by now I wonder why she keeps inserting herself, she asks if apologies are due? Girl, wasn't nobody talking to you, you see nobody else said anything, but here is a Scali piping in just in case we forgot she was there. Karen eventually looks up from her food and asks Giselle, Are you talking to me? When she notices Robin and Giselle watching her chew, waiting, lol. Karen says she is waiting for an apology from Giselle and I cracked up. You already know that is not happening. Giselle wants an apology for Karen lying about her and her family, namely Jamal and his cheating rumors. Karen says if Giselle really wanted to have a conversation it would be in private for resolution's sake. They argue, Karen wants Giselle held accountable for wishing death on Ray, which we all know she did not. But Karen has no intention of letting this bogus excuse go, Robin sticks up yet again for Giselle which was unneeded but typical. How does the episode end? Giselle clarifies her position on Karen's husband for the group, just in case we keep mixing up her words or intentions. She did not wish death on Ray. She says. I want Ray to live she also adds, I want Ray to pay his bills. I cracked up. Come back for my recap of episode 6 shortly. I got a little behind so I'm pushing them out fast. Did you see my recaps for the baddies ATL reunion episodes? What are your thoughts? Follow this blog at whentheswomanspeaks.com Facebook at whentheswomanspeaks Instagram at whentheswomanspeaks Twitter at woman underscore Tumblr at whentheswomanspeaks.com Pinterest at when these women speaks. References The Real Housewives of Potomac, Bravo TV official site.